Travel Inspirations is delighted to sponsor In Case You Missed It with Joe Hadsel, the podcast by the Joplin Globe that brings insightful weekly news to the four states. Hello, Globe readers. Welcome to In Case You Missed It, sponsored by Travel Inspirations. I'm Joe Hadsel, and this week we'll recap the five biggest local news stories from the past week. We'll also speak with Susan Adams and Sean Conroy about two unique exhibits that just opened up at Spiva Center for the Arts. And because over the Memorial Day holiday, I dived into the wonderful podcast series Welcome to Night Vale, we'll talk a little bit about that, but we will definitely not talk about the dog park. And now, In Case You Missed It, June 2nd. 2019. The Joplin Senior Center is desperate for volunteers to deliver hot meals to homebound recipients. The Senior Center is one of the beneficiaries of the Area Agency on Aging's Nutrition Program, which provides about 22,500 meals a month to recipients in Jasper, Newton, McDonald, and Barton counties. There are about 11 routes to cover about 200 daily participants in the program. Each route takes a two-person team of a driver and runner. The driver transports all the meals, while the runner goes up to each home's door, delivers the meal, and does a quick well-being check. The Joplin Senior Center has an immediate need for about six volunteers, and even more to help open up a way waiting list for the program. Photographs and recorded oral history of Joplin's East Town neighborhood were collected at a show-and-tell held at Bookhouse Cinema. The event was held by Jill Sullivan, director of the Post Memorial Library. Records documenting Joplin's historic buildings and some records about the city's neighborhoods have been compiled by Post directors. Sullivan also chairs the Joplin Historic Preservation Commission. Sullivan said that they wanted to capture this information while people are still around to tell the stories of what East Town was like in the past. The area known as the East Town neighborhood was originally platted in 1871 as Joplin City by Tennessee migrant John C. Cox, who moved to the area in 1838. The FBI announced that it's offering a $5,000 reward for information leading to the arrest and conviction of anyone responsible for the disappearance of Sarah Burton of Joplin. The FBI has been assisting Joplin police in the investigation of the 29-year-old woman's disappearance more than 10 months ago. The last confirmed sighting of the mother of two young children was on July 16, 2018, near 10th Street and Rex Avenue in Joplin. Police recovered information that Burton may have been seen after that on the west side of Joplin and in the Pittsburgh, Kansas area, but those are unconfirmed sightings. Joplin School District officials will make a renewed effort to boost student attendance next year after noticing a widespread dip in the average daily rate this year. A year-end enrollment report shows a district-wide decrease of about 1% in students' average daily attendance when compared with the 2017-18 academic year. All of the district schools were affected. The district plans to switch to a new student information system called PowerSchool that can manage administrative tasks such as attendance. Superintendent Mindy Moss believes the program will help principals better understand trends in their student population's attendance in real time. And finally this week, Joplin teachers will see a raise of between $1,400 and $2,000 next year following the adoption of a new agreement with the school district. The agreement, which was negotiated between administrators and representatives of the Joplin affiliate of the National Education Association, the district's recognized teachers union, will adjust the salary schedule and advance eligible teachers a step on the pay structure. It was unanimously approved by the Board of Education. A first-year teacher with a bachelor's degree will make 37754 a year under the new agreement, and salary levels increase as teachers gain higher levels of education or move along the step schedule, maxing out at 60561 We'll be right back with Susan Adams and Sean Conroy. 
Travel Inspirations is a full-service travel agency in the four states with over 20 years of experience in planning group tours, company incentives, and leisure cruises. Joe and Nancy are eager to customize itineraries to make travel dreams come true. Travel Inspirations is exceeding your expectations in designing your vacation. Follow them on Facebook at Travel Inspirations Carthage or visit them online at travelinspirations.travel or call 417-526-4500. Welcome back. Spiva Center for the Arts last weekend opened up two new exhibits, both with themes that speak to tradition and passing art through generations. Daryl Dishman, the artist as mentor, features the work of students who were guided by Dishman, who was the art department head at Missouri Southern. Family Affair, a multi-generational exhibit, features the work of three generations of the Perry family, including Bill and Rebecca Perry, Aston Stovern, and Riley Munch. Susan Adams is the new interim director of Spiva Center of the Arts, and Sean Conroy is its exhibits director. I spoke with both of them Friday about the two new exhibits, the themes that direct them, and the artists who contributed their work. All right. Hello, Susan. Hello, Sean. Uh, the gallery is busy. You, it is Friday. We are preparing for an open re- opening reception today. Uh, there's a lot of activity going on downstairs, but the majority of the exhibits have been hung. So, Sean, I imagine you're feeling pretty relaxed right about now. Yeah, I'm ready. Ready to see this exhibit open and see people's reaction to it. Susan, this is going to be one of your first uh, gallery openings as the new director of Spiva. You, you've been through a couple of them already. How are you uh, fitting into your new role here? You know, it's exciting. Um, it uh, has been a real learning experience for me. I've been on the SPIVA board for six years and have been a SPIVA member for many, many years and involved in SPIVA at a bunch of different levels. But getting to see how it works from the inside and getting to understand the different staff members' jobs uh, has been really exciting and fun. I'm, I'm having a great time. Uh, so it's it's been a great experience. No deal. Getting to see the exhibits from the other side now. <laughs> you know, it's been fun this week to watch um, Sean unpack the art as it comes in, uh, to watch him arrange it in a couple different ways, and then to walk in late yesterday and to see where everything has fitted uh, in in combinations that I would never have thought of, but when you see them after Sean works his magic, they make perfect sense. You are not kidding about his magic. He also has an an impressive array of tools that he uses. I've gotten to see him working with the laser levels and uh, everything else that he uses to put up exhibits. He actually trusted me to hold a couple paintings up against the wall while he lasered them. I was really flattered. Good deal, good deal. I would be remiss without mentioning my most important tool, and that is Cleo Copeland. Oh, yeah? Who helps me immensely with laying out, and so I want to give her a She is probably out. our most dedicated, dependable, stalwart Spiva volunteer. Yeah, that's probably a podcast interview in and of itself, how an exhibit takes place. I've been here mm-hmm. before an exhibit comes in where everything's just kind of leaning against the wall, there's boxes everywhere. And then whenever I I see it during the actual exhibit, and it's pristine and wonderful. But about tonight's exhibit, uh, the one that's opening up in the main gallery deals with Daryl Dishman, who is certainly no stranger to artists in this area. Uh, He was a prolific painter and a department head over at Missouri Southern. Um, the, The emphasis of this exhibit deals with not really Dishman, but how he helped other artists grow. The uh, The theme of mentoring is strong in this exhibit. How important is mentoring to artists? 
Oh, I, th- I think it can be the foundation that they build uh, their artistic career on. Uh, when you look at the names of the contributing artists tonight, there's people that became full-time working artists. There's people that went into arts education. And there's people that their careers went in other directions, but they stayed uh, artists as uh, hobbyists. Um, It's been wonderful to hear the artists bringing their work in, to hear them talk to each other about where they are now in in their lives, and to hear their reminiscences of Mr. Dishman. He was such a guiding force in 100% of their lives, or or they really wouldn't uh, have brought their work in. You know, I was reading some of the background, and Jeff Legg, who was internationally known artist, apprenticed with Mr. Dishman when he was only 12 years old. So in, in some cases, it's an almost lifelong influence. And we're, we're seeing that in the smaller exhibit in our regional gallery, too, where we have three generations of the Perry family. They mentored each other within the family. So I think Mr. Dishman influenced an entire generation of artists and these folks are now parents and grandparents and teachers and they're communicating his legacy to the next generation. Oftentimes people have the impression that being an artist is a solo job. You, It's just you in front of the canvas or in front of the block of a material, whatever it is, and it can be a solitary process. How does a mentor help with that? I think that the difference between a mentor and a teacher is that a teacher is personally involved and is trying to help that person become the best that they can be, you know. And I think that he created a, an environment there that wasn't just a, a classroom environment. I know that they went out and had coffee a lot of times and would talk. And and so it was, it's a personal involvement. Steel sharpens steel, you know. Yeah. It is him doing his work and having higher expectations for them to push themselves. But, I mean, I've seen this locally with artists who've shared studio space. You know, as long as they're not talking too much to each other, they're bouncing ideas off of each other, and they're uh, getting confirmation that something's a good idea or maybe something's not such a great idea. And so I think that that's how... Mentoring works with this. It is a solitary thing in a lot of ways, but you also need those confirmations. You need the feedback to grow, very much so. You know, I think it also, when you're working collaboratively, there's a certain amount of competition in there, Mm -hmm. healthy competition, and I think creative tension breeds creative tension. And so people strive to be their best, and they push each other to be their best. This exhibit has no shortage of artists uh, participating. Uh, there's a long list of contributors. How did you get them involved, and how was their work curated? Well, the idea for this exhibit came from Daryl's widow, Marilyn Dishman Horst. And she had a list of artists that she was aware of that had you know, worked with Daryl over the years. There was a few that weren't on her list that kind of just was a happenstance where I was talking to somebody about the exhibit, and they're like, oh, I was a student of him, and, and so was so-and-so. And I, oh, I didn't realize that. And so, I mean, in some ways, as, as people started becoming aware that we were doing this, we also, you know, found other artists that we weren't aware of. So, I mean, between Marilyn and just kind of luck, 
is how that came about, really. Both of you are well-established in Joplin's art community. Uh, you have no doubt heard of Dishman uh, for, for years. Whenever you got a chance to look at this exhibit, to look at the works that were going in there, did you learn anything about Daryl that you didn't know before that? I was aware that he was a teacher, and I was aware that he was a painter. I wasn't aware that he went beyond just that border of teaching, that he was such an important mentor to so many people. When I talked to some of these artists when they brought their work in, they just without any equivocation said, he is the reason I'm an artist. Oh, that's beautiful. You know, you know I think what surprised me was almost every artist from Joplin was influenced by him in one way or another. I looked over that list and was shocked at how many people that I knew were students of his. So he uh, really had a very, very broad-reaching influence. And I wasn't aware that, MS- that he was the person that started... I mean, he established the art department at MSSC. He wasn't just the head. Like When they moved from uh, the, being the Joplin Junior College downtown to the campus over there, he was the first. I mean, he was the one who organized the department. And they are so lucky that that was the case. Yeah. That they had somebody who who wasn't just like, I'm just going to teach this. And, you know, saw a whole scope for the whole department. You know, and of course, Spiva Center for the Arts was headquartered there at that time as well. So, And he was um, influential with establishing this, what is now the Spiva Gallery at MSSU and very influential with what is now Spiva Center for the Arts over here and taught here and produced programs here as well. He really changed the course of MSSU as well. MSSU is one of our sponsors of this show because they realized the the impact that he had on the university and on the community. Some of his work uh, is for sale. And the proceeds from those sales will go to uh, a Dishman scholarship, isn't it, uh, at MSSU. So it's important to keep those in mind, too. His family is really passionate about keeping his legacy alive, as they should be. The exhibit opens, uh, we're we're recording this on a Friday, the exhibit will open uh, Saturday. It will run until July 20th. Whenever people get a chance to see the exhibit for themselves... Is there a certain spotlight that you think they should focus on? Well, I think the theme is the spotlight. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. we have uh, over, we have 11 quote boards from different artists talking about different aspects of mentoring, whether it be a sense of humor, uh, inspirational. We have 11 different categories. And you could just go through and look at the work, but I think it's more fun to kind of go through it and look at what one person can do, you know, if they dedicate themselves to serving other people, how much impact they can have on lives, you know. And, of course, you know, he mentored, like, for instance, Melody Knowles, who later on would become a high school teacher over at Joplin High. And I'm sure that she learned a lot from him as far as how to deal with students. And then she impacted people, and then they impact people, you know, and just... Early on in this exhibit, we were tempted to try to ask these artists who we invited to introduce us to someone they mentored, and then we thought, well, maybe the message will get kind of muddy at that point. Yeah. But I'm sure that there would have been, you know, people that 
they mentored after being mentored by Daryl. One thing that struck me is some of the artists brought in their a piece. Most of the artists brought in two pieces, right? Mm-hmm. Some of them brought in a piece from their college days huh. and a contemporary piece or a piece from their mid-career. So what I think Mr. Dishman would be very proud of is to see how similar some of the styles were to his own during the time they were his students, and then to see the diverse directions that these students have gone in. Because we have oils, we have watercolors, we have sculpture, we have just a little bit of everything. The diversity of the art is something that I think he would be very, very interested in. Also running in uh, in Spiva, uh, in the regional gallery, in, until July 27th, is a unique exhibit to me, the Family Affair, a multi-generational exhibit. Usually when I see exhibits that feature family members, it's usually a married couple or maybe a, uh, a parent and child. Uh, three generations in an exhibit is somewhat remarkable. I don't see that very often. How did you discover this? And uh, tell me about what the exhibit has. I've been familiar with the Perrys since I started working here. Uh, Bill Perry first, probably, was when I first became aware of his photography and also his uh, generosity with supporting the arts and sponsoring different exhibits over the years. And then uh, I came to know his sister, Rebecca. She's helped out with the gift shop. She's been on the board. And uh, I've always just loved her sculptures, you know, which... I became aware of all that through the membership show, really. And then also Aston, her daughter, uh, she was in a lot of early membership shows here with her huge steel sculptures. And then Aston's daughter, Riley, I remember her back when she was a kid participating in Photospiva Kids, our, you know, little sister exhibit to Photospiva. So they've been very involved with Spiva and... We thought it was a good idea to invite them as a family to do an exhibit if they were open to it, and they were. So, And it just happened to be that it really ties into the mentoring exhibit yeah. with Daryl Dishman. So it's really cool that you know there's a thread running through both exhibits. We're mm-hmm. delighted that Aston Stovern will be doing an artist talk on Saturday, uh, tomorrow, June 1st. And she's going to talk a little bit about the evolution of her own art and the influences of her her mom and her uncle, and in turn how she influenced her daughter Riley. So it, it really is a perfect fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're delighted to have them. Delighted to have them because their work is so diverse, and it, it's really impactful. When you walk around the corner into that first room in the regional gallery, there's just whimsy and color and really hits you. Uh, it's yeah. great. All right. So with Daryl Dishman, the artist is mentor, and with a family affair, a multi-generational exhibit, that's two strong exhibits uh, to go through uh, a busy summer full of workshops, full of classes. Well, it stands to be a busy summer, folks. Uh, I will let you get back to work preparing for the summer. Thanks for talking to me today. I appreciate your time. Thank, Thank you, you, Joe. We appreciate you coming. And that will do it for this week's episode of In Case You Missed It, sponsored by Travel Inspirations. As a final thought, 
I've only scratched the surface of Welcome to Night Vale. I'm, I'm about seven or eight episodes in, but here's my favorite quote so far, and it's in the second episode. It becomes perfect when you learn to accept it for what it is. Wow. Granted, that quote is, you know, about a cat that's hovering four feet high in the men's room, but still, wow, love it. On behalf of the globe, we hope you have a wonderful week. I'm Joe Hadsel saying, good night, listeners. Good night. Travel Inspirations is delighted to sponsor In Case You Missed It with Joe Hadsel, the podcast by the Joplin Globe that brings insightful weekly news to the four states.